0: Um, give you a choice. You can either stay where you're at or you could come a little closer to the front if you'd like. We're going to do some things a little different today. And if you uh, would like to get a little closer to be able to hear a little better when people pray or whatever, you feel free to come up either now or when that time takes place. All right, we'll see what God does this morning uh, as we trust Him to lead us through this message time. Matthew chapter 16 want us to begin reading at verse 13. I'd like you to follow along as I read. Uh, we're beginning a new series of messages. Uh, the title is, I Will Build My Church. And uh, we're going to see what God has for us over these next few weeks and possibly months together. Uh, and this is where the title of the message comes from. It's the foundation for what we're going to build on. So would you look with me at verse 13? Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. The Lord Jesus, he said, I, reference to himself, I'm gonna do something, it's in the future, hadn't happened yet, he said, I'm gonna build, and what I build is gonna be mine. I'm gonna build my church, I and my, it belongs to him. And what he did was on purpose, it was in the future, and uh, we're going to talk more about that uh, in the days ahead. Uh, But this morning, I'd like us to begin with the pastoral search that we're involved in. Um, The team has invested a lot of time and a lot of energy. You as a church have invested a lot of finance uh, into this process. Um, What I'd like us to do for the next few moments uh, is to look at the process. Uh, In many ways, uh, it's ready to be posted. I've got in my hands here, uh, if I was a candidate and went on a website, or if I went to a school placement service today, I would see this letter, possibly. Christ Community Church in Princeton, Illinois, is seeking a senior pastor to lead our congregation into the next phase of God's vision for our church. We're looking for a relationship and team builder who can partner with our church family to accomplish the plan that God has given us for doing his work. It's, it's a cover letter. It begins that way. Uh, there's more to it, and we'll talk more about that in just a moment. Uh, the last line said, uh, if you're interested, it said uh, you can apply, send your resume and cover letter explaining why this position would fit your gifts, your experiences, and your passions. Send it to a certain email that's been created here. Uh, It also said we are attaching a job description along with a church and senior pastor profile. I've got that job description as well. I'm not going to read through it all, but it says the senior pastor will provide leadership and care and encouragement to Christ Community Church. And then there's a list of qualifications. Uh, There's a description of the position. Uh, There's some responsibilities that are mentioned as well as the fact that... uh, this pastor the desire of the team and that came from you as well is that he be a relationship builder uh, the accountability is of the senior pastor is to the elder board and uh, the position will be evaluated annually but I also have a pastor profile and uh, that profile is something we want you to, to look at uh, before you Uh, is the mention of that senior pastor profile. And there's some some key things that, that the team wanted to address as they were looking for your next shepherd, your next senior pastor. I remind you that the overview says that the Christ Community Church search team is prayerfully seeking a shepherd to lead our congregation into the next phase of God's vision for our church. And then there were some other things mentioned in that. One of the things being considered is your next shepherd or pastor to have Christ-like character. It's taken from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, which says, Be imitators of God, as dearly loved children. Live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Uh, There's a list of some qualifications, or I guess we'd say qualities under Christ-like character. Um, This is what the team has been praying about and thinks that it would be wise for you as a church to look for. They believe that it's vital that the next shepherd pastor be Christ-like in how he lives his life, how he conducts himself, his family, his business, his activities, Christ-like character. And then the next thought is that because the word of God is so powerful and life-changing, it is the blueprint for life, Remember in our prison ministry, the men would say it's basic instructions before leaving earth. Their point was, you know, as inmates, we didn't follow that instruction very well, but a reference to the alliteration of the Bible. Uh, the team, based upon discussing things and through our interviews and things that were found out in the church survey and so forth, uh, and it, it, it's reasonable. They're looking for an effective communicator of scripture. It's based on 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 and 5, which says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instructions. And discharge the duties of the ministry. Keep your head in all situations and endure hardship." do the work of an evangelist, and so forth. Uh, Number of things listed here. We're not going to read them all. The next one is a shepherd-like character. That's based on John chapter 10, verse 11, where the Lord Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And he said the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You've often heard me talk about the pastor shepherd setting and i'll allude more to that this morning there's a book that that i ran across a number of years ago i I just believe that god brought it across my path it's it's out of print a lot of the good books are out of print these days it's amazing as well but it's called escape from church incorporated the church seems to have headed the corporate way and uh, often the, the leader of, of, of a church looks at himself more as a CEO, as a pastor, in reference to a shepherd. And the sad thing is you get the results of that. Uh, and uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a CEO, but in a church setting, it's wrong. It's not what God has in mind. He, he, he wants the pastor. That, that word pastor means shepherd, to shepherd the people, the sheep. And to make the sacrifices necessary uh, to do the job. It also talks about a gift-based ministry philosophy. It's based on 1 Peter 4, verse 10, which says, Each one should use whatever gift we have received to serve others faithfully. Administering God's grace. Um, We've talked about that. The, the local church, a body of believers like CCC. Uh, God grows the work, he builds the work, and we grow and mature as members of that local body as we're served by one another. And a gift-based ministry philosophy is, is vital to a growing church. And then last of all, and we all know the importance of worship. Luke 1027 Jesus answered he said love the Lord your God with all your heart your soul your strength and your mind love your neighbor as yourself pastor he doesn't have to be able to carry a tune in a bucket that's not the thought here Uh, the thought is that he has a heart for the Lord and a heart for worship willing to surround himself with those who could lead the body and encourage the body to be engaged as we come together each Lord's Day to worship together. Um, I wanted you to to see what the team's been doing. Uh, They've done their homework. Uh, There's some high expectations and some qualifications expected uh, as we search out your next shepherd pastor. But we also know the value of trusting God in all of this. We want God's man for Christ Community Church. Amen? That's what we want. So let's take a few moments and let's pray that direction. Um, The weather has caused this to not be as large of a crowd or gathering today as we would normally have. Uh, But that's not all bad as we're gathered together. Uh, But I'm going to encourage you to maybe take us to the Lord in prayer. Not everybody has that opportunity. We're just going to take a few minutes. But we're going to ask God, if he would, to prepare us, but also to prepare the man he has in mind to pastor this work and uh, to bring us together as he sees fit. Um, I'll get us started, and I'll close in just a moment. All right? But uh, if you'd like to pray... Make sure if you're going to do that and lead us in prayer that, that it be, is loud enough that, that we can hear each other, okay? But this is just a simple time of prayer where we're going to come into the presence of God on behalf of the search team, the next pastor, what God has in mind. Father, thank you for the team and the efforts that they've put forth. Our prayer is that you'll reward them for their faithfulness their time, their energy, the time we've spent in prayer searching your mind and heart. Uh, May you reward that team by bringing this direction, your man, the man of your choice. That's our prayer. Father, we're grateful to be able to be in your presence. And Lord, uh, I say amen to the hearts and minds represented here in this body as they wait upon you for their next shepherd, for their next pastor. May you send the man of your choice. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me share a divine moment with you that took place in my life uh, not too long ago. Um, I want to preface what I'm about to share. Um, I think you you know I'm quite transparent. Barb's not here, so I can say she, she calls me on it quite often and said, you know, maybe you're a little overly transparent. Um, I'm sure that's true, probably to a fault. Um, but I'm also quite careful and I mean this from my heart, I'm quite careful not to present myself uh, as some kind of a spiritual giant because I'm not. Um, Matter of fact, I often do just the opposite, but with that being said, uh, a couple months ago, sitting in that little quiet place that I've chosen to make mine in the apartment, that little room, um, it's become uh, a place, I call it a little study or sitting room, I guess. Um, but early one morning, I get up quite early, and early one morning, I was in prayer about this whole process and what's going on and, and uh, what God was doing. And I basically uh, was, was asking God to give direction. And it was like he, he, he spoke very clearly that morning. And i realized that that we have the scripture and i realized that 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 that's really all we need but that morning it was as clear as a bell to me that god was speaking to my heart and he basically said to me early that morning while i was praying uh, in answer to the question that i had shared i said lord what do you want from us as a couple what do you want from us what do you have in mind for this church I remember saying, Lord, I'm not positive, but this could very well be our last go-around in interim work. This is the sixth one, and and am uh, not getting any younger. And what do you have in mind? Um, let me share with you what I believe God shared with me that morning. He said, Joe, he said, I, I want you to simply do what you can when you head out of town to leave behind a body of believers who will seriously consider being, and I really believe it was put kind of in this order to me, God's people doing God's work in God's way under the leadership of God's man as they experience God's results. And. you may think, well, you're just making that up this morning. No, I'm not. It was it was as though God was saying, "I have something in mind." And then I recalled the the book, "Escape from Church," incorporated that He brought across my path years ago. Uh, I was concerned years ago about what was happening in the local church and and you know the. The lack of fruit, the lack of growth, the lack of maturity, in, in us as believers, and you know, I, I could go to the bookstore and I could find a shelves full, aisles full of books on leadership, but I couldn't find hardly anything whatsoever on shepherding people. Um, I could find a lot on business principles and leadership activities and principles but very little on what it means to shepherd people and i was challenged by that book and kind of came back to to my mind as i was spending time with the lord basic result of that time a few months ago six weeks or so was joe challenged ccc to allow the spirit of god to take control and bear fruit in and through them in Princeton, Illinois. That's what I'm asking of you. And that's what I'm asking of CCC. Um, I believe that's what God wants to do. And out of that came this thought of, I wanna build my church. Um, So I'm putting together It's not done yet Uh, when you've been in ministry as long as I have you can pull out messages that you've preached for years it's been 50 years so I I mean I've got a whole file full of stuff that I carried down here and I could pull out and tweak but I've chosen not to go that direction for the remainder of our ministry here so I'm in knee-deep having to dig it out a little bit and we'll see what God does Uh, I need the challenge and I think that's what God wants For us as a church is to remind ourselves of the importance of the church you see there's a great danger of losing sight of the church today the church stands unique in the many purposes of God I really believe that or Jesus would not have said I will build my church it it remains the Lord's special work today but there's a, a lot of evidence out there, especially in the unbelieving world. They want no part of the church, and in many cases, uh, they've set out to mock it, and if they mock it, they're mocking us. They're mocking you and me. But I personally believe down in my heart that they're blinded to the truth, and I believe God loves them. And so do we, right? Right? so do we it's not easy to love the unlovely but i remind you that at one time in god's eyes you and i were very unlovely in that way because we had rejected him too and there's a world out there that ne- desperately needs jesus and you don't have to go very far maybe across the street around the block maybe in our own homes who knows to find those who at this very moment do not have a relationship. With the lord jesus and christ in us is our only hope of glory so christ in them will be their only hope of glory and without him they're lost but i believe that god loves them you and i believe if we're going to be christ-like we're going to love them too Uh, he didn't say you have to like each other there may be some things we don't like but God's love will shine through and show up in the lives of his people if we'll trust him and obey him. But there are also statistics that I could share this morning, you could probably share them as well, that point to the fact that even believers are struggling this very moment with the purpose and the value of being aligned in, in any small way with a local church. Um, have a question for you I mean that's true statistics bear that up Uh, I mean we know that eight out of ten churches eighty eighty percent of churches in this country are a hundred people or less okay I don't know if you realize that eighty-five percent of churches in this country have either plateaued or are dying that's almost nine out of ten so the church is not making much of an impact Or the impact, I'm sure, that God would want it it to me. But I've got a question for you. Are you ready to show them why they need to see things differently? Are you ready to show them that you care? That we care? That we worship God here? That we love others here? We, we love to share Jesus Christ with others because of what he means to us and what he's done in our heart and life. Remember last week we talked about moving on. It's time. We're stepping up. We're going to move on with a dynamic purpose to intimately know Christ and develop Christ-likeness as the Spirit of God works in our life. We're going to move ahead with a believing attitude. We're going to press on. We're going to gain Christ. We're going to reach forth to what God has in store, and we're going to do it with a good forgettery, right? We're going to move ahead with a believing attitude. We're going to be motivated in what we do. We're going to have a heavenly motivation. We're not home yet, but until we get home, we're going to be found faithful. Amen? I mean, that's what God wants from us. That's all involved when he said, I will build my church. That's the title of the message series. We're going to be at it for a while. So let's just take the next moment or two and get a quick look or overview of the church. Hang with me. The meaning of the word church, it comes out of the New Testament scripture. It's primarily the thought that the Christian church is an institution. It's not an organization. It it began at Pentecost some 2,000 years ago, and will end probably, as best I can understand or know, at the rapture, and that could be today. There's a couple words that help define the church. We're talking about the meaning of the church. Ecclesia is one, that's used 111 times in the New Testament. It means called out ones. That's who we are. It's a reference to an assembly of believers. Uh, There's another word, Kirakan, meaning that which belongs to the Lord. You could sum it up in this way, that the church is composed of a body of believers, folks like you and I, who've been called out from the world. That's who we are. We were part of this world, and we're still in the world. but We've been called out of it, called out once. So the church is composed of folks like you and I who've been called out of the world, who are under the dominion and the authority of Jesus Christ. That other word, Kyriakon, means that which belongs to the Lord. Do you realize, if you know Jesus as your personal Savior, how precious you are to him? Do you realize you belong to him? He calls you his friends, not just the servant of his. Uh, He proved his love at Calvary. Um, That's in a simplistic definition, what the church is and who we are. Don't get lost up or caught up in this fact that it's a building and it exists on the corner somewhere. Uh, It's people. It's people. It's people like you and I, who God has seen fit to open our eyes to the truth of the gospel. And by faith, we trusted Jesus, and we were placed into the church, the body of Christ. The importance of the church. You can't overstate the importance of the church today. The church is that which God purchased with the blood of his own son. That's what it cost Him to purchase you and to purchase me. The blood of his own son, Acts 20, 28, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. We're talking about the importance of it. You can't overstate how important this is to God, to you and me, and to the world. The church is that which Christ loves. He loves it dearly. He nourishes the church. And he cherishes the church. That's you and me. He loves you. He loves me. He nourishes us. He cherishes us. That's why when I have the opportunity to marry a a couple, uh, I always challenge the young man as I was challenged with the fact that, you know, I really wasn't ready to take that step. And to be the husband that I ought to be. I'm not sure any man ever is. Because scripture says husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. And gave himself up for her. After all no one ever hated his own body. But he feels and and, and he feeds and cares for it. Just as Christ does the church. And to present that church to himself as a radiant church. Without stain or wrinkle or blemish. But holy to present that church blameless. That's how much God loves you and me and cherishes you and me. Building the church constitutes Christ special and his, I guess you'd say, principal work in the world today. That's what he's doing. He's building his church. And you and I are part of that, and he wants us to join him in that process. Matthew 16, 18, I, I tell you, you're Peter, He said, and on this rock. We'll talk about that later, but I will build my church. Even the gates of hell are not going to prevail. You know how Christ builds his church? He builds his church through the giving of spiritual gifts. That's how he does it. And as a result of that, those who exercise those gifts, when we do, we're aligning ourselves with what Jesus Christ is doing today. Uh, Ephesians 4, it was he who gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors or teachers to prepare, equip God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's what God is doing today. And he does it through the gifts of the Spirit of God to people like you and I. Uh, We're all gifted when we come to Christ. And we have abilities, unique abilities that God has given. And he gives them on purpose so that you and I can rally around one another and encourage one another. Jesus had all this in mind when he said, I will build my church. You see, he was speaking to the disciples He's saying, I'm going to do this. I haven't done it yet. I will do this. I'm going to build. I'm going to work at this. I will build my church. It's what Jesus had in mind. It was a prophecy. It hadn't happened yet. It was a promise. It hadn't happened yet. He he would make that promise, and he'll fulfill that promise because he always has, he always will, and he fulfilled that and completed that promise. At the end of his earthly ministry as he ascended to glory that's prophetically what he had in mind and he promised that he'd build this church and historically that promise was fulfilled the day jesus went back to glory 50 days later the church began began on the day of pentecost as the spirit of god was sent and as a result of that he authenticated The church the church was born the holy spirit came the prophecy and the promise of jesus christ to build his church was underway and the very purposes that god had in mind for his church began to be fulfilled i mean the world looked around over the next few days weeks and months and they saw some unschooled and ordinary men and they were astonished but they couldn't get over the fact as they saw these ordinary men, unschooled as they were. They had, to, they had to admit there's something about these men. You remember what it was? They had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus, and God was able to use them in a unique way. Simple, ordinary people, and the purposes began to be fulfilled. Certainly. Simple, ordinary people worshiping God and bringing glory to his name. Simple, ordinary people beginning to share the gospel that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again for for you, for you, for you. That's what they shared. They began to evangelize. Simple, ordinary people began to develop and disciple each other, each individual believer. Because God's goal and desire is for that individual believer to attain to being conformed to the image of Jesus. He's in that process. It won't happen until we get to glory. But in the meantime, each day he wants us to grow and mature in being conformed to Christ. He wants that to be evident in your heart and my heart. These were simple, ordinary people who became a consistent witness of Jesus Christ and his word I'd have to say that God's desire for the local church is it be a simple New Testament church in a community and I want to encourage you folks to commit to this thought of championing the ordinary person who is filled with the spirit of God I believe that's what God wants for CCC. That's the church at its finest. When ordinary people like you and like me allow the Spirit of God to take control, the fruit of the results of that are amazing. Uh, They're life changing, their destiny changing. It impacts people eternally. Because you see, we were made in the image of God. There's not a human being alive that isn't going to last forever. They will. It just depends on where that's going to be with the Lord or separated from Him. So, as you and I expect so much from the pastor, that God's gonna send your way. Don't forget that if this church is gonna grow, if it's gonna impact its community, it will be a result of you and I using what God has given us to exemplify what it means to trust him and to walk with him to believe him, to obey him. So what I'd like us to do this morning before we go, we need to encourage one another. We need, we need to come alongside and build each other up. Uh, we've got some folks here uh, this morning that have some needs, and uh, I'm gonna ask them to come. Meet me at the front. I'll pray for them and with them. And if you'd like to come as well and lay your hands upon them, you'll have a little time to pray as well. But uh, Robert, where you at? Would you come? Robert has asked us to pray for him. You'll see why he's struggling to get down here. He also struggles with why me and what's happening and what the future may hold. And He's asked us, to pray for him. So I want us to do that this morning, okay? Megan Barone. Megan is uh, Kathy and Ken's daughter. She's 40 years old. And at 40 years of age, she's found out she has breast cancer and she's facing some major, major surgery. Robert, you can come down just, I know you, you don't wanna stand, so you can take a seat here in the front row. But Ken and Kathy, would you come? I want to put you on the spot, but would you just come and maybe take a seat down here as well? These are folks that we want to pray for today. And if you'd like to have a part in this, you feel free to come, okay? You can come now if you would. Come on and join me. And uh, we'll just lay our hands on them and we'll pray together. We'll see what God has. You may not feel comfortable in coming. You don't have to, okay? You just pray where you are. Pray for Megan. She's got some major surgery, and there'll be weeks and months of recuperation going on. Kathy will be the caregiver, so she's gonna be away from her husband for days at a time, maybe weeks at a time, and they're gonna have to figure out a way to get all this done as the family is cared for. So pray for them. Pray for Robert today, if you would. Uh, He needs encouragement. Um, I'll close our prayer time in just a moment, but let's just lay hands on them and pray for them. Okay, someone, let's pray for Ken and Kathy here, and a few of you pray for them, would you please? And the rest of us, let's kind of join in. just kind of lead us in prayer for the Baum family, Megan especially. I lift up heaven and cast it to you, yeah. okay. the Father. Anointing the your holy spirit on mm-hmm. Comfort, Thank you for what you're doing for children. Father, I pray for Ken and Kathy. They've stepped up in this church family and given much I pray that you reward them for that and bless them Lord uh, for Robert as well encourage him he struggles every moment of every day physically when we don't feel well physically it affects us every way emotionally and if we're not careful spiritually you're the great healer you can do anything but fail and there's a few of us up here praying as we lay hands on but there's a church body here that's coming alongside these dear folks and asking you to intervene as only you can do you're not going to leave them you're not going to forsake them you're going to give them a sense of peace You say that the alternative to anxiety is to let our requests be be known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep our hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus. It's our prayer for these dear folks. May they sense your presence. I pray especially for Megan. Uh, Lord, as a a young lady, uh, a mother with a number of children at home, facing what she's facing. I pray for a sense of your presence. May she know that as she goes into surgery, you're going with her. You're gonna oversee everything that's going on because as important as the doctors and nurses are in all of this, may she understand the great physician is you. You're her shepherd, she's one of your sheep, and you gave all for her. One of these days, she'll be in your presence. Nobody wants to hurry up that whole process. You can do this, Lord, and we're trusting you to bring her through victoriously. That's our prayer. That would be our desire. That would be the desire of her family. But Lord, uh, over the years, we've come to realize that your will is always best. So we're gonna trust you for what you're gonna do in the lives of these folks sitting up front here today and their family and others in our church family here who are hurting today. Have your way. Show yourself strong on behalf of these dear people, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, let's uh, do something a little different today. and I would like you to sing with me I first believed. The song says, "Through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. 'Tis grace that's brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. One of these days we'll be in glory." That last verse says that when we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. That's all because of God's grace and God's mercy. And uh, one of the great privileges of being a part of the body of Christ in local situations like this is to care for one another and to come alongside each other. This community Needs a body of believers that not only loves the Lord, but displays that love by building each other up and being what God wants us to be. And to do that, we must care for this community and let them know what a privilege it is to have a Savior and to have hope. Amen? Well, let's stand together, and we'll be dismissed.